if you don't mind a tingling spine or a lump in your throat. If you kind of get a thrill feeling the hair stand up on the back of your neck or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket and keep your feet tucked up safe because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. How's that How's that drink going? <clears throat> I just feel like I need to like... You need to wet your whistle? Unique New York. I don't know. I don't Unique know any... New York. I'm trying to do things, mouth things. things. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't take drama either. <laughs> so hi. Hi. How's it going? It's Monday night. Yeah, it's weird. I feel off. I feel like a more alert because it's Monday, not Friday. I snacked more than I usually do on a Monday night. Well, good. Well, you That surprises me because you just are like live for snacks. Snacks, snacks. But I don't eat these kind of snacks. How's your week? It was fine. Your, your week last week, I guess. It was quiet. Yeah. It was okay. Nothing exciting, nothing new in Sarah's world? <gasps> no, what? Oh. Sarah's world. It's not, oh my gosh, I could just picture your show. <laughs> Because you like to twirl and stuff. I could just picture your, like, theme song. Like, is this, like, a kid's show? No. Because I don't like kids. No, it's, like, an adult show. It's, like, a Blossom adult version. Ooh. Yeah. That would be fun. Oh, did I send you the picture of me and my Blossom hat? Maybe. I don't think I did. Maybe. I think you did. I was trying to make you jealous. It's fine. (laughs) I had a DIY Blossom hat. Okay. At least I kind of had one. But no, my week was quiet. That's good. I like quiet weeks. What, what happened your week? Was it good? I don't even remember. I feel like we're know. very boring right now. People are probably like yawning and turning us off. Sorry about it. it. That's what happens on Mondays. We got a case of the Mondays. Monday, no, Monday is like usually my Friday. So it's it's like tough. Like I'm coming off of a weekend and weekends are busy for me. So mm. it's that sort of situation. So I don't know. It was a super quiet weekend for me. Last weekend I got a massage. Ooh, where? White Oaks. Oh, that's where I usually go to. Yeah. Don't stalk me, people who are listening. I don't know. Why would they stalk you? Stalk Oh, me. stalk you. I also got Because a bre- we do a true crime and murdery, gory Nobody podcast. Nobody wants to stalk us. You don't know. We could they, just get that one person. They don't want to stalk us. I got a breakfast buffet when I was there. Oh, yeah? Was it good? Yes, because it was buffet. Okay. It's all you can eat. I can't eat. A, I don't eat a lot of breakfast time. It, this was at like 10 I'm like o'clock. A, I'm like a lunch person. Like a, this, was like ten, this was like 10 o'clock. Okay. Because my one friend and I we went up after our massage and we were going to split a plate of pancakes because it was like $18. And we're like, well, we don't want to spend a fortune on yeah. this breakfast because we're already spending a fortune on the massages. So the pancakes were $18. And we were like, well, there must be more than one because it says pancakes. So we were just going to share it. This is the worst conversation. No, it's great. And then our waitress was like, oh, are you here for the breakfast buffet? It's all you can eat. And we were like, excuse me? How uh, much is that? Yeah. And she said $20. So we were like, yes, we will have yeah, all of all that. Yeah. And I definitely ate more than $20 of food. Good call. Yeah. Good for you. I know. But then I went into the pool after and I was all bloated. Yeah. Because I had all the meat. That and- makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even then, I'm still not that different. Okay. Let's just hop right in. But we didn't do our thing. What thing? I'm Sarah. Oh, and I'm Megan. And this is? It happened to a friend of a friend. We, we hid. 
We can't just not do our intro. I don't know. Mondays. Who are you, Mondays? Mm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm You back. should have more wine. I'm drinking wine, so. Mm-hmm. I, okay, well, I'm drinking wine, too, then. And they made cookies? I, I, I'm, cookies. I'm trying to project. Okay. okay. Okay, start. You are continuing. Do you remember where I left off and what I was talking about? I know you were talking about that cult thing. Kind of, yeah. And it was that woman. Yes. And a family. Yes. So Lori Vallow. And right. we left off kind of with, I'm trying to like, it's weird because I did my notes for Friday when we usually do it. So I did my notes last week, like Wednesday. So it's kind of a weird to, and I'd already started them from before. Mm-hmm. So I just like kind of went over them and finished them. But okay. So basically this person, Lori Vallow, her ex-husband and her are kind of having issues um, because she's talking about how she's like this being and I'm not going to get into it too much. And then where I left off was that like Charles had sent a text and it was the last he heard of alive. Ooh. Bum, 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 bum. Hey, so, look at us. Um, <laughs> part two of the Vallow Daybell cult. Do you want to go see the new Scream movie? Yeah, probably. There's a new screen movie. Yes, I know, but I don't like that they're not paying, that Nev Campbell's not in and they're not paying her all the things, you know? She's not in this one? No, not the new one. Oh. The queen is not part. Oh, I thought that she was. Hmm, I don't know. Well, I'm going to look it up while you read this. Okay. And I'm going to see. So, um, according to Alex Cox, who is Lori Vallow's brother. Uh-huh. He had called the police after shooting Charles. Okay. According to him, Charles hit him with a bat. So Alex got his gun and defended himself. But obviously there's more to it than the story. So that day, Lori, JJ, Tylee, so Lori and her kids, JJ and Tylee, in case you don't remember, Tylee's mm-hmm. teenager, JJ's young boy. Oh, she isn't in it. She's not listed. But Courtney Cox is still in it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Um... <clears throat> Anyways, they were at the house and Alex was there because Lori asked him to be. She was, quote, afraid of Charles. Okay. Um, when Charles showed up, which they had agreed upon that he was showing up to bring JJ to um, school, um, Lori was there with the kids. Their mm-hmm. story is the following, that Charles came and he put JJ in the car and then he apparently went back into the house because he had left his phone in the house. And um, while his phone was in the house, Lori saw some damning things on it. Okay. Whatever. Um, Which caused a fight to start. So during the argument, Tylee grabbed a bat for protection. And I guess like the, she had the bat kind of in between them. And then at one point he just, According to Alex, like she nudged him with the bat and he grabbed it. But I don't know, like the stories are kind of all over the place. And then um, also, like I just want to kind of put out there because Tylee, the daughter, has testified during this. And she's 16 going on 17. And it seems like maybe she was. That's like in Sound of Music. You are 16 going on 17. That's exactly what it was. (laughs) This is not a Sound of Music type of story, but I appreciate your singing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she, um, it sounds kind of like the idea of Charles being violent or, um, 
Tylee like having reason to go get the bat and stuff to break it up is maybe because she it seems like maybe she was groomed to believe that from Lori like having Alex there because she's afraid that just stuff like that just seemed kind of like it was that idea was put there in Tylee's mind um so Tylee and Lori end up leaving the house and according to them they heard because they were gonna just they were gonna just go and take JJ to school so they hopped in the car he was already in that in the car and um, he, and this is Charles's car, by the way, that they're also taking. So it's very confusing. <laughs> I think it's Charles's car. Don't quote me on that. Anyways. Oh, people um, are going to look it up now. I know. They're going to quote you on and it. And they hear, we're super popular, man. And they hear gunshots, but do, they, they didn't see anything. And then even though they heard, quote, gunshots, they went to Burger King for breakfast. Oh. And then they took JJ to school. And then they went to buy flip-flops. Okay, that sounds normal. Burger King. School. When you hear a fight Flip and then gunshots, okay, yeah. Um, Flip flops are important. So then Alex said that what had happened in the meantime was that Charles hit him with the bat, and he did actually have a mark on the back of his head, like a laceration. Um, hold on, and we will return to this more later, I guess. Okay, so. <laughs> Do you have a spot in your notes where you have to, like, come back? I wonder if I do actually have a – I do kind of have a spot to Okay. So basically, yep. Yeah, so um, – and then – so Alex said that Charles hit him with the, with the bat, and then he got his gun, and he shot Alex, and then he called the police. Lori tells um, her son, Ryan – so I don't know if you remember, like, her eldest son from the other marriage, marriage – um, from her – one of her previous marriages. Um, he's, like – married having a like starting his own family lives a little distant from them so she tells him that charles had a heart attack on the phone oh but then because charles is like the closest father he's had like charles is the man that raised him that's who he like identifies as his father um he obviously gets in the car and heads there and when he gets there he he, he gets like quote the real story and he's heartbroken because basically his father has died. But then he's also confused. Like, why would she say he had a heart attack on the phone? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what's even your reason for lying? You can say past and not give any details. Like, something happened and he died, right? Right. Lori then sends a vague text to his biological sons that their father passed away and that arraignment, arrangements are TBD is what I wrote. Okay. <laughs> That's not what the text said. <laughs> Um, she says, like, I, he, I love you and he loved you, blah, 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 blah. But then they obviously, like, are like, what happened? Like, what do you mean he's dead? What happened? And they try to get a hold of her and she, like, disappears for three hours. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't – she completely ghosts them for, like, three hours. And they're like, what are you possibly doing right now? Like, right. obviously this is the most important thing in your life. Like, answer us. And basically she ghosts them and doesn't tell them okay. what, what happens. All right. On the phone. I want to ghost somebody one day. So I ghost people regularly. It's like my MO. I, I don't. I don't ghost people. I turn my I, I turn my phone on, on like do not disturb and I just leave it away from me for a really long period of time because I don't believe that I should have to be at anybody's beck and call but my like children's, my family's. Not a lot of people message me. So I mean, people probably ghost me all the time. <laughs> you just don't even realize. I just don't realize it. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty good. I I try to get back to you. I know. I put a little effort in. I never I never worry. If people don't get back to me right away, I'm not like, why didn't you get back to me? Pe- why aren't you obsessed with uh, me enough? 
Why are you so obsessed with I do. I get flack from people sometimes, but I'm like, just like, if you know me, like my friends and stuff, like they know me well enough to know not to hear from me for three days. Yeah. Because unless it's important, like I, it's, there's just other things going on. I think if I didn't get back to someone within like a certain amount of time, they might worry. Because I yeah, usually- because you res- do it right away. I usually respond right away. Yeah. It causes me anxiety. Like right now I have a text from someone and it's taking me all of my strength to not re- yeah. not and respond. I hear like my text go off and then I get a second warning text and then I go, I'm going to check that like tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. It causes me anxiety if I don't respond right away. Yeah. I just also like, I just have always been on back and call for work, which I'm not in really anymore. And just, I don't want to be like, I don't know. That's fair. I don't want to be bothered. My time when I'm with somebody is precious. I want to be with that person. Uh, it's usually work. Usually at work. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> boop, boop, boop. Where am I? Oh, so oddly enough, Lori also told JJ school. So like, obviously she told the school something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically she told them that Charles killed himself. Committed okay. suicide. Right. So like, but what's, what's her reasoning for it? Like just telling all these different random stories. Like even to her son, like she doesn't, doesn't make any sense to not tell the truth. Right. Tell him he was shot and killed. So Lori calls the insurance company. Ah, okay. Because that's what you do. Right. Insurance. And she finds out that she is no longer his beneficiary of $1 million. Who is? His sister, Kay, who is the grandmother of JJ. Which makes sense. Like, then the money is going to go to JJ eventually. Right. Right. And also, like, you're playing all these mind games with him and your divorce. So why would you be the beneficiary? Like, why wouldn't he have changed it? Obviously. Right. She then sends a text. So we we know this because obviously something goes down. They get arrested. They have access to their phones. So she sends a text to, Sha- to Chad Daybell saying, um, Ned, probably it was probably Ned who changed it before we got rid of him. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, but she had said that a, he was a demon, like a demon had taken over his body mm-hmm. and calling him Ned. The whole convo was really fucked on both sides. Like it's basically about the insurance policy and if they got changed and he's like, oh, I wonder if he got changed after there were two bullets in his head. And she's like, you can't change that after like they took the dates, obviously. Right. And not in his head, but two bullets in him. I don't know. Anyways. Um, so they didn't know this at the time, but kind of when they go back and look into it later on after events. The medical examiner and like the crime investigators report that two out of the four of the gunshots were actually fired after Charles was laying on the ground. So okay. he got shot twice, mm-hmm. fell on the ground, was shot twice more. And that like during when he called 911, he didn't even try to do CPR. Like he wasn't interested. Didn't right. even bother to try to help him, Alex, the brother. And that he was probably shot about 45 minutes before 911 was called. Okay. Lori was also called. Other calls had taken place before they called 911. So we didn't like call 911 and be like, Lori, I shot. Like, right. He'd already had a conversation with her. So clearly, like, he was waiting for this guy to be dead for sure before he made the call. And then when Lori came in for, like, when Lori was being questioned stuff, she was very nonchalant about it. Like, she just seemed like she didn't care. Like, it was almost like, a joke. She didn't take it very seriously at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lori moves to start over. So um, son, her son Ryan, um, the eldest one, and Kelsey, they have a baby. And basically they just kind of keep Lori out of their life. Um, but they keep up with, but Ryan keeps up with Tylee, his sister, because they were really close through text messages. 
And then um, just on and off. And then September 24th, 2019, he sent a birthday text to her. He said the reply was so weird and it was the first time it didn't really sound like her. And that it was just like all, all lowercase, not a lot of punctuation, not a lot of information that was just like, thanks, Ty. So That's out it. of the ordinary? Yes. He kind of like is, responds to her. I think he lets her like be day go or whatever. But then he's like, are you mad at me? Like the, you're not really being yourself. And she's like, no, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. She's dodging his text now. So he calls Lori. He calls mm -hmm. his mom. He's like, what's going on with Tylee? And she's like, oh, she's just busy. She's in a new school, blah, 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 blah. And then um, he keeps texting her, but he isn't buying like, sorry, like my stomach girl. You girl. Yeah, my stomach girl girl. Girl girl. So he isn't like, the texts are weird. And then Lori stops responding. Okay. And Tylee stops responding. All so right. they are ghosting him. They, they just kind of block it out. Um, so he thinks it's weird, but... It, He's just kind of trying to move on with this. He doesn't have a lot of contact with them. He goes on with his life. In October, on October 2nd, 2019, so this is after Charles's death, Brandon Boudreaux, who was like, um, because they're in-laws or whatever, he's talking to Charles um, before his death. And then he was separating from Lori's niece. Okay. So he was married to Lori's niece and they were getting separated. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Boudreaux. Okay. Blah, I told you I can't talk. It's um, Monday. So he... It's because it's Monday. He calls the police and um, when he is shot at in front of his own house. Oh. Mm -hmm. He um, can identify the vehicle and he points towards Alex Cox specifically because he's like, they're like, who do you, do you have anybody you think would do this? And he's like, oh, like my... Wife and I are separating, like, but her family's got some weird stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So um, he identifies the Jeep, and it is actually ch registered to Charles still, even though he's been dead for some time, for a few months now. Um, and it's being driven by Alex Cox. Okay. So pretty obviously Alex is the one that shot at him. Right. On October 9th, 2019, Tammy Daybell, Chad's wife. So Ryan's texting September 24th. Brandon shot at October 2nd. On October 9th, Tammy Daybell is shot at by a stranger. Oh. So same sort of situation as Brandon. Um, but um, when they like file their report, they say it's in a ski mask. She gets Chad and they inform neighbors about an incident um, and tell the police that there was, it was a paintball gun. Okay. Quote. Now, I don't know if like it it was a mistake and it didn't happen and somebody suggested it was a paintball gun because mm -hmm. she wasn't killed or if it was like actually meant to scare her or if they're setting up something to make something else look suspicious. Right. Like, oh, we, somebody we were shot at, it's gotten dangerous around here so that if she does die in a different, in a home invasion or, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's not out of nowhere. Right. It's not super suspicious. Mm -hmm. So later on, after all the incidents that I'm going to talk about take place, um, friends, quote friends, start talking and texts are, are viewed by authorities. And what they find out are, um, are some of the following things. Meanwhile, Chari, Charles and Lori's son, Ryan and Kelsey together are kind of like, because they're not hearing from Tylee and everything was kind of weird at the end. They start to like review e the emails that Charles had been sending before he died. Like things that they, they were ignoring before. Cause they were like, you guys are adults. Your marriage is falling apart. You're pointing fingers at each other. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. So they start reviewing that stuff. 
And then also around this time, um, JJ's biological grandparents, Kay, um, who they've always had a relationship with JJ, they, they start trying to see JJ. Okay. So around this time in October, people think like, obviously, um, Chad and Lori are obviously having an adulterous affair. Like Charles thought so before because they, I think, I don't know if you remember, but they had sent like an email. Lori had sent an email from quote Charles mm-hmm. um, about Chad going down to like Arizona and stuff to review his book. So to not seem like, like it was all fishy. Right. Like an obvious affair. And they're talking about like how they work together in all of their other lives and all this bullshit. Ooh, all those lives. And they're spending time together. So um, Chad has also been saying like at the apocalypse, he will be the king and she will be the queen and they will lead the people. Okay. Which is also like, according to Faith, it's Jesus who's supposed to lead the people. Mm-hmm. Not a person. Not a king. <laughs> Quote king. Boop, I need a drink. Say something while I'm drinking. Um, drinking. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I didn't, I have to like prepare. I wasn't prepared for a speech. So Ryan and Kelsey kind of review an email that Chad and Lori had sent. And in it was Chad had created the scale of like darkness and light that people have in them. Mm-hmm. And Lori had made a list of the people she knows on the scale. Right. And this was like the early days when she started kind of going sideways. And on that, Charles is still like a light spirit. Um, But her own children are listed as dark spirits. Like the Mormon afterlife scale. According to Chad. Yes. Not all, not everybody. (laughs) Afterlife according to Chad. Yeah. Okay. Also, like, we might, I don't know if this is like a thing, but me, and we, we know, I know a very nice Chad, so... But um, we, me and my cousin used to, like, call douches, like, being a Chad. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that guy is such a Chad. Because, like, every Chad that we've ever met was, like, I get that. I can, I can see that. Like a Chad. That's what so, me Chad. and my cousin Jenna call him a Chad. I hope she still listens to this. Um, Somebody's <laughs> listening to us. Yeah. We have listeners. People are listening. We just don't talk. It's just because now people don't tell me, like, oh, I listen to your podcast. It's so funny. She, they don't text me anymore, my friends Kamal that listen. Kamal tell me. Hi, Kamal. Hi, Kamal. <laughs> Hi, Jenna. Hi, whoever's listening. Let anyway, us keep know. Uh, hit us up in the DMs, yo. Hit <laughs> your um, Where am I? Oh, yeah. So they they have like, uh, like uh, 4D is like, uh, or D4 or whatever. It's like a dark spirit level four. It's really bad. Okay. Right. Dark spirit level one is like a little bad okay on this yeah like i said charles was not a dark spirit this was before he was a zombie quote um and then so they do believe that like um there are about twenty thousand zombies and they needed that they needed to eradicate that's a lot of zombies it is but like if you're talking like in the whole world (laughs) like they're talking about this apocalypse Uh uh-huh that jesus is coming right in, I forget what it is, like a hundred back there somewhere. Because 20,000 out of the whole world is That's what lot. I mean. It's like, but four, if it was like, it was, it was like 20,000 in their region. I don't remember, but I'm sure someone listened to the episode right before this. And it's like 400,000 or something like that. They believe in 400,000. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. 
Doesn't matter. This is where you need people need to make a super professional so we can just have somebody that like we need a fact checker. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll um, hire Kevin. So I'll pay him in snacks. He you'll you have snacks around all the time anyways. That's like not even a good bargain. And he can eat them. <laughs> is he not allowed now? Some of my snacks he's not allowed to eat. Anyways, there's twenty thousand zombies they have to eradicate and only like four hundred and forty thousand people or something like that will ascend. Like, what's happening with all the other people on the planet then? I don't know. They're just going to be zombies. Weird. And, like, the zombies basically mean that, like, their actual spirit is, like, in limbo. Mm-hmm. And not connected to their body anymore. And the zombies living in their body. And they, they, she names these zombies, like, Ned, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Ickley on the list. Joseph Ryan, who was her, who was, um one of her first husbands, um, who was deceased, which I talked about before in the last episode. Um, it says under his, <laughs> quote, now sealed away. Okay. It's a little <laughs> strange. Also sounds like it's kind of taking, if it's sealed away, like did you do something, mm-hmm. right? And then this was early, this was like early on again, like I said. So then flashback forward to October. And this is um, kind of where, because I had to do all that backstory to get to where we are. It's a very confusing story. Okay. So then when, remember I said like the future friends are talking and the texts come out. So then we're back in October and Chad is now texting slash claiming that Tammy is in limbo and she is now a Z2. So she's a zombie? Yep. Okay. And that he wants to try, he, um, something about quote, trying to hasten her departure. From this mortal realm? Yeah. Okay. So Tammy at the time was also, quote, in poor health. Mm. So people were like saying, oh, Tammy's not feeling well. She's in poor health, blah, 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 blah. Um, And on October 19th, so she was shot at on October 9th. And then on October 19th, she died. Aw. At home. Aw. Don't know how. Don't know how. Didn't say so. (laughs) I looked into it a little bit. Just a little bit. She does get exhumed later, and I think that, that that's still open as far as I know. Okay. For the cause of death, I don't know anything. Um, but they collect, uh, Chad collects her $430,000 policy. Oh, Chad. Because they weren't divorced, were separated, and she didn't change it on him. So then it kind of gets another weird. Okay. Not that it wasn't weird, but... Alex Cox, the brother who killed probably multiple people. And their very close friend, Zulema Pastenis, who was like part of their group, they get married because they're like urged to by Chad. Okay. I wrote Charles, but I meant Chad. Same thing. It's a ch sound. <laughs> Bless you. And then, so this is around November, the end of November. And then her, Lori's niece, Melanie who separated from that guy, Brandon, who got shot at. Sounds like a like a soap opera. I know. Like a telenovela. Also gets married. Oh. Like the day after or the day before, I forget, from um, when Alex and Zulema get married. So okay. like within a day of each other, they're witnesses at each other's weddings mm-hmm. and they get married. And she had only known this guy for like two weeks. Ooh. And it was like October 2nd when, the, the other, when Brandon got shot at. And mm-hmm. now it's like the end of November. Like it's... You're, just, you're getting married now? It's just 
crazy. It's fishy. So they're like, a, and they're a very tight group. Um, and but they basically spend all their time together. Um, meanwhile, right before these weddings, back in Arizona, Kay is like, the grandmother is like, I can't get a hold of JJ. I can't find JJ. So she is talking to the cops and she gets a welfare check order for JJ. Okay. You know what a welfare check is, right? Where they just go and make sure the person's there and they're okay right. and they're alive and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so the Rexburg police. Not like a welfare check like money. Like a welfare check like yeah. they're checking on your welfare. Yes. Yes. A lot of crime stories begin with a welfare check. Yes. <laughs> so the Rexburg police, on November 26, they try to reach Lori. Um, because the police from Arizona, that's who they contact because they believe this is where Lori is. They try to reach her, but when they get to the apartment that Lori's apparently staying at, Chad and Alex are the ones that answer the door. Mm -hmm. And they tell them that like, oh, JJ is with Kay, he's with his grandma. And Lori is, so they're like, well, where's Lori? She's apparently in the apartment, like one, <laughs> one apartment over because these couples were so close. They were like living in a block mm -hmm. of... Were they swingers? Don't know. Don't want to okay. know. Okay. So they all live in this complex, these four couples or whatever. And, or I mean, sorry, two couples. And then Lori, it seems like Chad is also moving there. And Lori lives there. So um, uh, basically they're like, yeah, well, Lori's just two blocks over at our friend's house. Mm -hmm. So when they get there, Lori says that Tylee and JJ are with their friend. They were like, okay, so when they, he said it was with, Okay, they were like, no, that grandmother is the one who's calling the welfare check. Like, we know she's not with them. Right. So um, she says, oh, they're at they're in Arizona with my friend Mel Gibbs. So Mel Gibbs is one of the people who, like, introduced her to Chad and, like. Not Mel Gibbs' son. No. Mel Gibbs. Okay. Melanie Gibbs. Okay. So they the police can't get a hold of Melanie. Um, they basically um, tell Lori to, if they get a hold of her, to make sure she calls. Um, Melanie records and calls Lori and Chad. And she basically calls them out. She's like, why did you say the kids are with me? And they were like, oh, I just needed to, you know, tell the police they were somewhere. But they're, they're it, whatever, it's okay. Like, we mm -hmm. know where they are. It's fine. And she's like, well, that, that's not, like, a good thing to do to your friend. Like, she basically fully, fully calls them out. And then they have, like, a weird thing. And they're like, oh, your boyfriend or whatever is a dark spirit. Like, just all they do is, like, point their fingers. For me... When, like, with religion and stuff, um, that's what gets me with religion. Like, it it scares me. Like, I was saying before, the fanaticism and stuff like that. Like, how you just use whatever it is and point the finger. It's like, it's like the witch trials, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, because he's a dark spirit and he's talking in your ear. Like, no, you just did a shitty thing. <laughs> like, right. You're the one who's being weird and acting like a dark spirit or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to be on this one. Oh, look at you. Uh, you're the dark spirit, bitch. I'll pull your hair. Um, so the next day, the police go back to Lori's apartment because Mel doesn't have the kids. Mm -hmm. And it's cleared out. They're oh. gone. They're all gone. What a coincidence. Weird, right? So weird. Um, the police try to get a hold of Lori, but her phone is also turned off. Oh. Ryan is contacted by the police. And uh, he talks to Lori. He says he's there. The police are looking for JJ. And he's like, that's weird. So he tries to reach out to Tylee. No answer. No text. Nothing. Uh, sends a voicemail. Lori, he talks to Lori. And she's like, oh, I'll handle it. Like, it's, I know where the kids are. It's fine. I'll handle it. Right. And then she turns her phone off and becomes no longer reachable. Oh, she's ghosting them. Again. 
And then she sends like a random email that's like, okay, like we're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. Don't worry about us. Blah, blah, blah. And that's it. Okay. So now it's a full blown, it's a full blown investigation. It's all over the media. Where are the kids? Where are these kids? Where are these kids? Like these kids are full missing. They are now missing persons. Lori goes missing. She's Mm -hmm. ghosting everyone, the cops and everything. She is now a wanted person. Ooh. Um, And it's all over the place. So now they're like, this is weird shit. And these kids are missing. So they exhume Tammy's body to um, like see what the cause of death is. Mm -hmm. Again, I could never, couldn't find out anything past that. So on December 11th, this time when they're exhuming Tammy's body, friend Zulema, who's married to Alex, is like, well, why are, why... Do, are they looking into Tammy's, Tammy's body? And she kind of has an aha moment. Like, they're talking about these zombies. Like, are they actually taking out the zombies? Mm-hmm. So whether this is her word, and she's complicit, or she really, like, didn't think they were doing this, she kind of had that moment where she was like, um, this is what she claims anyways, that, and I have no reason to think that she was involved. Um, so she starts thinking, like, oh, my gosh, they're actually eliminating zo- zombies, and she confronts Alex. He says no. But then, like, after um, a little while, he's like, I think they're, like, trying to set me up. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I'm the fall guy. So, a little weird. On December 12th, he passes out and dies. Oh, goodness. He had blood clots on his lungs, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that was something that, like, ran in their family. So, they're like, okay, cause of death. This is the cause of death. But did he take something? I don't know, because there's no follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a little sketch, because he literally died, pass, quote, passed out and died right. um, the day after Tammy's body was exhumed, and after, and that's what the, after the wife confronts him, after that conversation they had. So they find Lori and Chad. All right. Lori and Chad had actually apparently been married on November 5th. Okay. So, like, less than a month after Tammy died, like, weeks after Tammy died, they got married in Hawaii, and that's where they were found. They were back in Kauai. Mm-hmm. They had, so after they get, have Lori in custody, <laughs> basically, they find them in Kauai, and they're like, hey, um, you have, sorry, this was January 26th when they actually found her, and they started all this in November, and they were like, you have, like till Thursday to produce these kids or we're going to arrest you. Mm-hmm. Obviously she doesn't. So they arrest her, but they don't arrest Chad yet. They do, however, get a search warrant for Chad's home. They, what they had, what do I have in here? I don't know. I'm just going to keep going. And then I Okay, just keep going. going. I'm sorry. <clears throat> this is one of those hard stories. So kind of damning was that Lori had bought her wedding ring with Charles's Amazon account. Oh my goodness. Before Tammy died. Okay. So obviously there's some sort of planning here. Right. And then, so basically they still don't know where the kids are. They get a search warrant for Chad's home. They know that the last time they, they, there was a picture of the kids was in, was on September 8th, 2019. And they were at Yosemite National Park. Mm -hmm. Both of them. Um, And they were with Alex. So that was the last they like, there's evidence of seeing them and knowing where they are. Mm -hmm. And then, what else? So basically, they're, they have the, these questions going on, like, who's in charge? Is Lori? Lori's obviously the one that's doing some of this, and she's denying where her children are, and she's obviously involved in it, but, like, who's 
is Chad affecting Lori or is Lori affecting Chad? What's going on? There's so many questions. And where the heck are the kids? Because Tammy and Alex were dead, Mm -hmm. even though Chad wasn't in custody, they had access to uh, Tammy and Alex's phones. Oh. So what they found was that Alex's phone had pinged um, in a few areas on Chad's property on September 9th. And about he was there for about two and a half hours. 14 minutes after Alex left, Tammy got a text message um, from Chad saying that he was like clearing out debris and he... There was I like a, to call it debris. Debris? <laughs> Isn't that what they do to... That's just a bris. Isn't that... That's just a bris. Okay. I just, but because it has an, an S and yes, stuff, I so I call it debris. Anyway. That he shot and killed a raccoon and buried it in their pet cemetery. Okay. What do you, what do you think happened? <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> um, so on June, this was on June 9th, they are at the property in the areas that Alex were at. They start digging. Um, and Chad calls Lori and he's like, they're searching the property. And she's like, uh, do you want me to call you? Like, he's obviously upset. She's like, do you want me to call you later? And he knows that she's not going to be able to get a hold of him later. Right. He gets in the car and he tries to flee. Okay. They get him right away. Right. And arrest him because they found the kids. Yikes. Both the remains in different spaces. Um, they were killed from gunshot wounds. I believe both of them. And then, yeah, there's friends testify that Lori had specifically called JJ a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like before, they I said they were dark spirits. Um, despite the fact that there are was no apocalypse, I think I'd said in the last one that they had pinned June 22nd, or July mm-hmm. 22nd, 2020 as the apocalypse. There was no apocalypse, but Lori still seems to believe that in all of it. And when she talks to like her son, she's like, if you knew the whole story, you would understand. Like, and she like talks about how much she loved her kids and stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. I think she really believes that they were zombies, like really believes all of it. No, if I mean, she's crazy, but I think she like is deep in it. And um, Chad Daybell is now asking to be tried separately from his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it'll be very interesting because the trial is set to begin on April 3rd. Ooh. Like this year? Yes. So I think some of the reason, like there's a lot of details that are out and I watched the sins of the mother, but then I did try to do a lot of research after and there's stuff out there, but it doesn't, it all is the same information. And I think once the trial starts and we get more information, like we'll know a little bit more about what happened, but basically crazy ass story. Possibly killed one of her first husbands. Alex killed her second husband. I think it was planned, obviously. Mm -hmm. Probably killed Tammy. Alex probably killed himself. Tried to kill Brandon. Killed two children. Her two children. Like, just insane. So much. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot to unpack in the story. What a wild ride. I wasn't even going to watch this documentary. And I watched it (laughs) and I was like, what? Like, this can't be... What? Like, it just keeps going and going and going. And it's just very, like, sinister and weird. And it had potential to, like, just go deeper into this cult. Mm-hmm. And that's... I don't know what Chad... He's pretty tight-lipped. I mean, obviously, they're both in prison and waiting their trial. So they're very tight-lipped. But, like, I want to know what his play is going to be. 
Right. Like, I didn't know. She's crazy. He's going to pin it all on her for sure. Oh, probably. And But I think he's definitely complicit. Like, the text messages that, that have been released are insane. Right. Your turn. What do you think? What did you think? <clears throat> I know it was like I talked a lot in circles. It was crazy. There's a lot of information to take in. There's a lot to pack. There's a lot. Okay. I'm going to try and talk quick. Like, nothing good about the story. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, no, because we're already at 40 minutes and I don't want to edit forever. Go, go, go. Okay. I have I have sources. BuzzFeed News, KTLA.com, FilmDaily.com, or .co, I'm not sure. NBC News, Heavy.com, LATimes.com. Okay. Heavy.com. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. Okay. It goes along with your mom.com. I got oh, a new... Oh, oh, I don't know. I got a new pen. I'm using a new pen. Ooh. And I ordered myself new pens at work. Very nice. I'm at the end of my notebook. Ooh, you get a new notebook. That's fun. I'm probably going to start a new notebook. Do you throw out your notebook after? No, I keep them. Do you want mine? No, I don't. I don't want your stories. Okay. Okay. Lifetime movies of the week. Do you know these movies and do you like them? Of course. Okay. For those of you listening that are not familiar with the genre, the lifetime movie genre are movies that feature similar plots. Killer cheerleader. Kind of. Usually a grieved woman and their struggle to find empowerment. There are usually four main plots to these movies, such as woman against man, such as abuse, neglect, assault, woman against woman, the woman is oppressed by another woman in power or a jealous ex of a current partner, woman against child, the child is ill, violent, or a drug addict, and woman against herself. She's an addict, selfish, mentally ill. You get the picture. All right. The woman is usually fighting her own problems, but also an unfair system who refuses to believe or help her. She goes through various traumas until one person, usually a male, believes her and advocates for her truth. Today's story has many of these elements and has often been compared to a Lifetime movie. Our tale begins in 2013 in Anaheim, California. After a divorce, 26-year-old Michelle Hadley created a profile on a dating website, and after a few dud dates, she started talking to a man named Ian Diaz. Ian was 35, a U.S. Marshal. He was sweet, and he was apparently a hard worker, according to, Sounds some, good of, to, me. According to some of the articles. Things moved, was he a pillar of the community? It sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> Things moved quickly between the two, and by 2014, they were moving in together. Shortly after they began their cohabitation, Ian's behavior changed. Michelle says Ian became controlling. He told her to wear sexier clothes, convinced her to change jobs, and it was later discovered that Ian spied on her online activity. He monitored the gas in her car and would question where she went if she used more than he thought she should be using. (laughs) Despite all these red flags, Michelle said yes when Ian proposed in December 2014. In the summer of 2015, Ian and Michelle moved into a new two-story condo. Michelle had the down payment, but both names went on the mortgage. The relationship only continued to be toxic. From what I could find, the relationship wasn't necessarily physical, physically abusive, but there was mental, mental abuse and Michelle was scared and paranoid about what he was capable of with his job in law enforcement. By the end of the summer, Michelle and Ian had broken up. Ian took back his engagement ring, accusing her of cheating and Michelle packed all her things, all the things she could in her car and left. The breakup, although good, also started a year-long battle over the condo. And when I say good, I mean like she got out of the situation yeah. good. Not yeah, like yeah. all was well afterwards. Um, it started a year-long battle over the condo. The two fought back and forth. Michelle was still paying half the mortgage and she wanted out. 
Michelle sent angry and frustrated emails to Ian and became fearful of him. She believed his he used his law enforcement connections, remember he was a U.S. Marshal, mm-hmm. to follow her and intimidate her. By the end of 2015, Ian and Michelle hired a property lawyer and agreed that Ian would take on the payment for the condo, or if he couldn't afford it, they would sell. Now, we need another character to enter our Lifetime movie. Okay. The evil villain. Oh. Or at least the supposed victim, soon to be villain. In January 2016, Ian met a woman online named Angela Connell. They had been together only two months when the pair were married and Angela was pregnant. And she had also moved into the condo. Michelle was not aware of any of these events. She was living on her own, going to school, and getting her life back on track. She did not know about Angela until she saw her name on paperwork as the time had come for Ian to finally take over the condo. At the time, she didn't think anything of it until a few weeks later when she was served with a restraining order. Naturally, Michelle was shocked and confused. She had never even met Angela. Why was she being served with these papers? These accusations were from Angela, claiming Michelle had been sending her harassing and threatening messages. What? This was all news to Michelle. Angela alleged that over the few days after... After the court case, Michelle set up fake Craigslist accounts in Angela's name, looking for men to rape her and attack her. It was portrayed as a fetish or fantasy and that Angela was specifically wanting these attacks. I feel like I remember this story from something. Keep going. It's possible because I've heard this story before I started reading it. Angela made a 911 call claiming she was attacked in her condo's garage. Michelle was soon arrested when she came home from a date. It was discovered that messages and emails sent to these men were supposedly sent from her computer. Michelle was released on um, $10,000 bail, and while being detained, shocker, the emails and threats stopped. Angela claimed everything started when Michelle was released, so it started back up again. Even Even though Michelle's devices were confiscated by the police, Michelle was once again arrested for the reported harassment and rape fantasy ads. Although she maintained her innocence, Michelle had bail set at $1 million and she spent 90 days in jail. The messages appeared to have come from her IP address and from her email accounts. Why would this woman who had never met Angela, who just wanted to move on with her life, care enough to torture her? Well, she didn't. Michelle was innocent. She was the victim. Bum, bum, bum. I wrote that. Okay. I think we all kind of saw that one coming. Yeah. (laughs) So what's the story with Angela Connell Diaz? Well, in a nutshell, she's a liar and a fraud. Okay. Before she met Ian, she faked having cervical cancer. She pretended to be a lawyer. She stole $2,000 from a previous employer. And she faked doctor's notes to back up her cancer story. Oh, and remember that pregnancy she had? Yeah, that was fake. Not only did she make just the regular, hey, I'm pregnant type of declarations, she purchased a fake ultrasound picture from Etsy. Now, I did try to find somewhere on Etsy where you could purchase such a thing, and I didn't see anything, but maybe I didn't go through enough pages. There was things like frames for your ultrasound picture and like memorabilia stuff to like memory it, but not a fake ultrasound picture, but she had one. At Hmm. first glance, the scheme was thought out, but... Had officials dug deeper the first time around, they would have found that nothing was as it seemed. Eventually, investigators found some of the emails had been sent from Angela's condo and her father's home. 
So she obviously didn't change the IP addresses on those because they were sent from Mm -hmm. her own home. Michelle was frustrated because she had no prior criminal record, and prior to her original arrest, she contacted the police four times telling them she thought someone was impersonating her online. She also contacted the FBI and Department of Justice, saying she thought her ex was trying to scare her. Nothing was done, and the police did nothing to confirm who was sending the threats. Condo security footage was not originally checked, but when it was eventually looked at, it showed no activity during the times Angela claimed she was attacked. Michelle was convinced the accusations weren't investigated further because of Ian's police connections. They were pretty much looking out for one of their own. Mm -hmm. Michelle was facing charges of six counts of attempted forcible rape, stalking, stalking with a restraining order, criminal threats, three counts of a secondary offense, and assault with intent to commit sexual offenses during the commission of first-degree burglary. (laughs) That's a mouthful. That's a lot. She, in total, she spent 90 days in jail until charges were dismissed. Angela was sentenced to five years in prison for multiple charges of kidnapping, forgery, perjury, and false imprisonment. Wait, who did she kidnap? I think it was just like her own. Oh. Yeah, because it was just stuff on her own. Okay. Um, Or it was against Michelle. I don't know. I don't know. But those were just the charges that they found. Yeah. Um, And this was all in 2017. Michelle moved from California to New York to start over. It wasn't easy. Her name was all over and easy to Google. She had a hard time finding a job and starting romantic relationships. She did finish her MBA, though. She also founded the website Le Cour Sauvage, which is a fashion and beauty website. The site says it believes in timeless pieces by brands that put people first. They donate 1% of sales to Project Drawdown. I don't know what I wrote there. I'm sorry. Um, an organization organization that helps decrease greenhouse gases and 1% to Freeform, an organization that helps survivors of intimate partner violence um, achieve financial security. Side note, I decided I checked out the site because, of course, there's some great stuff on it. Prices aren't crazy, but there's not a lot of selection. <laughs> I'm guessing that's to limit the amount and they don't have like excess. Mm-hmm. So there's like clothing and makeup and shoes and purses. Okay. Um, so now you're probably wondering, what happened to Ian? No, I'm wondering why Michelle did all this. Just because she's crazy? No, Angela did it. I mean, Angela. I'm Michelle's sorry. the good I know Michelle's person. the good person. Sorry. Why did Angela do all this? Um, so the thought is she did it because just because of the argument between Ian and Michelle over the condo. She wanted Michelle to just like oh, back that's off. A, that's, that's excessive. <laughs> but did you not hear me? The stuff that she, like she faked cervical cancer. She sold $2,000. Yeah, I know. But like that's very excessive that is very excessive but she's crazy okay she's crazy please don't come get us so yeah so at first he wasn't suspected of anything and in some of the articles i read he was referred to as john doe which is a name typically used for victims but he was not a victim ian was part of the whole thing (gasps) and even though he originally said he was not involved He helped create fake email accounts, had a different ex-girlfriend communicate in secret to Angela, and used his work phone given to him by the U.S. Marshal Services to authenticate accounts and send messages. Bullshit. In May 2021, Ian was also charged with cyberstalking, conspiracy to commit cyberstalking, and perjury for his false testimony. Um, And I couldn't find if he was officially charged, but would... (laughs) But if he was if, if he was officially charged, he would face five years in prison. 
Uh, the most recent article in May 2021 he had, said he had been put on administrative leave. Oh. Yes. Oh. And that's that is insane. The crazy story. And like I was reading some. But she was like paying for the condo while he lived there for a really long time. Like, but they had come to the agreement yeah. that at a certain yeah. point yeah. he was going to take it over. That makes sense, though. But I think just because there was so much of that back and forth, I don't know. But it was all over the condo. It was just arguments with the condo, and it was funny. It was like going back to the articles and some of the, some of the like message boards that I was reading. It was before all this was found out about Michelle, how she was innocent. So people were like, that's messed up. How could she do that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then when all this stuff came out, they were like, whoa, that other chick is nuts. I feel like I, I feel like I remember this either in real time or like the other way where I thought it was Michelle too. Mm-hmm. Not Michelle. It wasn't Michelle. Yeah. She wasn't innocent in the whole Poor thing. Poor Michelle. Yes. So anyway, what's your throwback? Um, <laughs> it's like in poor taste, but... Since um, Chad buried a quote, a raccoon in pet cemetery, his pet cemetery. My throwback is Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. Oh, I've never read or seen that movie. Really? Never. I always tell people to read the book because it's very chilling. The book is always way better. worse than the movies. Stephen King's books are they're a little dated. Like they, I don't know. Like he talks about songs of the time and uses like jargon. Like he's very hip when he was writing. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit dated and sometimes it's like, ugh. But um, he has like that uncanny like way of making things feel very chilling and icky. Mm-hmm. And like that you you that you that can't get on screen. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you get it on screen, but it's just all of Stephen King's books are better to read. Yeah. But I, I find that the book, I find the movies are really good. Like even the remake and stuff like that, they are really good. They're scary. There's a reason there's longevity in them. Mm-hmm. And like why they're iconic but when you read the books it just has that extra creep ick factor to it i get that books are like that yeah i read it when i was in the hospital with um spence Mm -hmm. and i was in there by myself for like a month and like they don't have locks on the door because it's a hospital and i was reading it (laughs) and i was like this is probably not a good idea no Anyways, what's your throwback? Mine is, remember those, like, Italian charms, the little squares, and you would, like, link, link them all in the bracelet, and they would, like, have different things on them, like, different pictures or symbols, and you could, like, give them, and you would collect them? No. What? No. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, my, okay, I'm going to It's like you're it. 10 years older than me sometimes. <laughs> uh, you yeah. tell me every time, and then I see it, and then I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, that. But like I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. You're it's they were like little squares, cool. And they had our if somebody was like describing our podcast, they'd be like, Sarah always says something that Megan doesn't know what it is. <laughs> Mod robes are coming back in style. I, though. I saw that. I know, these. and I called it. Oh yeah, like See? I guess you don't remember these. I think I just didn't care about them. That's not my jam. I didn't care about them either. I didn't have them, but a lot of my friends did and they were easy presents to give to people. Yeah. I think I recall. Because you could just buy them a a charm. Yeah. They're not that exciting. I didn't say it was exciting. It's like, it was, it's like the pre Pandora. Exactly. Yeah. I just said that was my throwback. I wonder if like, uh, that's who gave the Pandora the idea for it. Maybe. The Pandora ones are nicer. Maybe. I don't have charm bracelets. I don't care. Me either, so not for me. I don't care. No. Don't buy me a charm bracelet. I'm not going to. I'm going to buy you one. No, I don't want one. (laughs) No, thank you. I'm going to. Okay. Well, we're not superstitious. But we're a little stitious. Bye. Bye.